And we'll talk to the governor of the state of Connecticut, Ned Lamont, making one of his morning show appearances here at WILI. Governor, good morning. It's been a busy week for you. Let's go chronologically. I guess back on Sunday, your 40th wedding anniversary to Annie. You uh, tweeted out, you're an amazing wife, mother, and best friend, a leader in your field. I've loved getting to know you better and better. I can't imagine my life without you. What did you guys do to celebrate your 40th wedding anniversary? Hey, uh, 40 years with Ned Lamont is uh, hard duty. So I love my wife every day. You know what we did? We sat in the backyard, had a glass of wine, and looked at the stars. Just us. That's pretty romantic stuff. I like that. Good job, Governor. And then, of course, the next day was 9-11. First off, what were your memories of what happened 22 years ago? Where were you when the news broke about New York and then Washington? Uh, good segue, Wayne. Um uh, I was in New York City um, at a cable meeting. Uh, like everybody, we saw the um, plane hit the tower um, on TV. Uh, we realized something was really severe when well, we tried to call home and the cell phones all went dead. Uh, at that point, they uh, made uh, Metro North uh, free. They said, get the heck out of the city. I arrived at Greenwich uh, Rail Station. I remember like yesterday, all the ambulances and fire trucks all lined up, ready to handle the uh, wounded, but... Most people had died. There weren't many wounded. Well, we all have our memories of where we were on 9-11 when the news broke. Meanwhile, we don't want to forget the people that passed away or were affected by what happened in 9-11. Tell me about the annual Connecticut 9-11 memorial ceremony in Westport. A very moving. Um, a lot of um, the victims' families are there. And we made a big effort, um, a lot of first responders. Um, remember, it was uh, 343 um, firefighters that died that day, uh, hundreds more, um, you know, police. Not just that day, but then over the ensuing uh, 20 years, um, those were respiratory infections. Um, and we just saluted the folks who um, stood tall for us with their courage and, uh, in many cases, their lives. You know, we were supposed to have you on on August the 29th, and then at the last minute they said, hey, he can't do it, he's got something else to do. But I want to talk about what you were doing that day when we had to move the show to what became today. It was the first day of school, and you actually went to welcome the students back to school at the Martin Luther King School of Social Justice in Hartford. I'll tell you what, when I was in elementary school, governor of California never came to my school. Tell me what that day was like for you. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, Wayne, it was... Um, we were we were so excited. The kids showed up at their school bus. It was uh, all the teachers and the paras and um, a few folks from the political world all there to greet these kids. Some went running through, feeling like they were Tom Brady on their way into the Super Bowl. Some were a little uh, shy, let's say, um, as they saw the big crowds there. But it was really fun to be able to say, welcome back to school and see a big grin on kids' faces. You know, we had a ton of rain around here yesterday, lots of flooding, lots of road closures, lots of damage and so forth. But we also had some recent heavy rains and flooding, and Connecticut got some federal agriculture disaster money from those earlier rains we had. Where does that money go? These rain bombs are extraordinary. I remember um, visiting the farms in the Connecticut Valley, and uh, three weeks earlier they had been um, irrigating their fields. And when we got there, the fields were underwater. You couldn't see the tops of the corn. So folks can um, uh, apply via our Department of Agriculture. We've got uh, not just loans, but grants available to farmers. 
Um, and uh, thank God for the federal government making a life a little easier as our farms get back on their feet. Tell us about your day yesterday at a panel discussion with former representative, uh, former Republican Governor Jody Rell about policymakers' roles in civil discourse and bridging divides despite political affiliations. This event was at the University of Hartford, and boy, that, that, that the divides seem worse now than ever. Was any ground broken in this discussion yesterday? Hey, look, uh, I love Jody Rell. Um, she came into office, and her character and integrity spoke volumes about uh, where the state was headed, and so appreciative for her service. And it was just a chance for her and I to compare notes. And all that acrimony and yelling you see down in uh, Washington, I like to think that's the exception here in Connecticut. We look for each other. We respect each other, regardless of party. We got a strong bipartisan budget done, 35 to 1. That wasn't bad. And uh, I think... Uh, we were able to converse as friends, and people saw that, and I hope it sent a message. Hey, did the two of you talk about the boombox parade? Because you're the only two governors that have been to the boombox parade, Jody Rell and Ned Lamont. I ought to go with her to the boombox parade next year. That's a good point. I like that. Well, you're certainly welcome to do that. We'll find a good spot for you up front. Connecticut Farm to Chef Week is this week, an opportunity to celebrate our state's agricultural community and the chefs who use local ingredients to create delicious dishes. What do you want people to do this week to celebrate Connecticut Farm to Chef Week? I want you to go to a restaurant and um, and order something that's Connecticut grown. There's nothing like it. We're doing everything we can to help our farmers and make sure that you have a fresh Connecticut grown produce in your restaurants at the um, you know, farmer's markets in downtown um, towns. Make sure everybody gets uh, that available to them. There was a meeting yesterday of the Investment Advisory Council to help minimize investment returns in our pension funds, but they are producing positive results fitting with Connecticut's larger financial resurgence. Governor, just talk about, because that's been a big deal as far as the pension results, uh, the pension returns are concerned. Tell me what we've done to improve in that process. Uh, yeah, our pension returns have um, been below par uh, going back a generation, and it's um really costly to the taxpayers, not good for our state employees. We have a, a new uh, treasurer, Eric Russell, there, and he was outlining for me some of the changes they've made. You know, probably one of the biggest things is uh, incre- increasing our public equity exposure, that stocks. We were a little under-allocated there, and that's cost us over the last 30 years. And back on September the 1st, you announced that you've nominated Nora Danahy of Glastonbury to serve as an Associate Justice of the Connecticut Supreme Court. That's a pretty big name in Connecticut politics and Connecticut judicial circles. Just tell you, tell us what you saw in Nora Danahy that made her the right person for the job. Her independence and character, her um, legal chops that are beyond uh, reproach, and uh, being a... Um, person of upstanding character and independence. Uh, That's what I saw. She's going to be a great Supreme Court justice. And I think the legislature will vote on her nomination uh, before the end of this month. Two weeks ago, you announced that the application period for the winter season of the Connecticut Energy Assistance Program began on September the 1st. So we're in that process right now. What does this mean for the people that are having a hard time paying for their energy? Uh, that help is on the way. Uh, you can apply, and uh, we do have uh, significant resources uh, for those 
in need, financial distress, to help them make sure that their um, their heat stays on uh, this winter without uh, a lot of financial burden. We don't know what the winter's going to look like. Last year was a little more mild, so we ended up with a fair amount of resources that were left over. But we can't take that for granted. We, we're ready, and I hope you are too. Governor, I know you well enough to know how much you like music, and you got chops. You can actually play the music as well. I've, I've seen you do it. But the Connecticut Office of the Arts will be hosting the Ready, Set Music Conference on Saturday, October the 7th in New Haven. Tell people what they should know about that. That sounds like an exciting event. You tell me about it. I'm not sure what that is, except I'm going to be there if it involves music. Um, I love it. We've got John Mayer coming to the state. We've got Springsteen coming to the state. Um I want Connecticut to be a musical mecca, and um, I'll spare you my uh, piano playing. Funny you asked about that, because I took it off your Twitter page. The dynamic one-day event will feature panel discussions, informational sessions, and live music performances, providing an opportunity to celebrate Connecticut's vibrant music scene while empowering local artists and musicians with industry knowledge, networking opportunities, and a platform to showcase their artistry. There's been some money given out to some of our local school systems. Two different projects I want to talk about here as the summer mental health grants for schools and camps, $4.5 million in funding for 48 school districts and summer camp programs across Connecticut. It's a three-year period. These are good for the Wyndham School District got $70,000 and over got 50000 and the Scotland School District got 135000 That was announced by you and Education Commissioner Charlene Russell-Tucker. What exactly are these summer mental health grants about? Hey, uh, thanks to the legislature, we're making the biggest commitment to mental health in the um, history of the state. We found that um, a lot of our kids in particular um, were just incredibly stressed and um mostly distraught um, coming out of COVID, getting back to school. We hope summer camps and being with your student uh, fellow classmates was going to leave a lot of that. But, you know, in many cases, it exacerbated the tensions. So what that means is you've got a counselor or a coach or somebody at most of our schools now, somebody that a child can go to if uh, they want to get something off their chest and we can provide the support they may need, working closely with the parents, of course. And then separately... You've also announced recipients of school mental health specialist grants. Wyndham got 162,000, Region 19 165,000, Willington 217,000, Scotland 240,000, Lebanon 210,000, Coventry 124,000, Columbia 167,000, Canterbury 161,000, and Andover 118,000 for these school mental health specialist grants. What are those? How do they differ from the summer program we just talked about? Yeah, well, the separate program um, provided support um, then. Now we've got the money going right to the schools. We announced this week um, Vanessa Durante. She runs the Department of Children and Families. She's going to be in charge of our kids' cabinet, we call it. That's for kids uh, K through 12. So make sure she coordinates with the Department of Education. Make sure she coordinates with um, early childhood education at Beth Buy. Make sure she works with housing. Make sure we can provide all the supports our kids need make sure they get the best opportunity. There's a new book out called The Ambassador from Wall Street, the story of Thomas W. Lamont, J.P. Morgan's chief executive. It's written by Edward Lamont and a preface in the book written by Governor Ned Lamont. Okay, tell us about The Ambassador from Wall Street, 
Who was Thomas W. Lamont? Interesting. I, um, it, it's, that book had the circulation of about 500. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed you got it. Um, thank you. Oh, look, he was my great-grandfather. Wall Street was sort of an insulated place, just um, an ivory tower. And uh, my great-grandfather, working for J.P. Morgan, did something to try and open up a finance, let people know what they're trying to do, uh, especially during the depths of the Depression when you really needed to know um, what the bankers were up to. And um, so my dad, in his uh, 80s, 70s, um, you know, wrote that book about his grandfather, it's a bit of a read in terms of a financial history, but um, um, thank you for noticing. Well, I, I know that you're a busy man, but have you had time to read and maybe learn some things about your great-grandfather? Look, uh, his dad was a minister in the um, Hudson uh, River Valley. Um, he started up a small business, and um, he grew that, so he was an entrepreneur uh, before he became a banker, and he was a diplomat. Back then, you didn't have a Federal Reserve. So the banks acted as the Federal Reserve. So during, um, you know, depressions and um, other financial runs, it was the banks that stood up. They provided some financing, tried to help people through those uh, tough times. I think he was a good man. And lastly, you've spent some time outside during this summer months back in August. You were on a paddleboard paddling on the picturesque Farmington River. How did that go? What was that experience like? Aha! Well, we needed a little break in the governor's office, so um, about 40 of us went out there. Um, I love to paddleboard. Some of the wimpier folks got out there on a kayak. They felt that was a little more stable. And we went a mile down the river. It was um, a great relief. I, I recommend it to anybody, especially somebody my age. It's great exercise, too. Similarly, I recommend the rail trails. You were on the Beaver Pond Trail in Burlington, and you know, one of these days, Gov, you got to come out and do the Hop River Trail, the Airline Trail, the Willimantic River Trail. We got some nice ones out here, too. Hey, Wayne, let's do it. I'm going to be out there this afternoon. If you want to do it, sign up. Talk is cheap. I'm going to be out there myself, so I'll be looking for you. That's a great idea. Governor, thanks for joining me this morning. All right. Good morning, everybody. Take care. That's Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.